0: Hello, real estate world. Welcome to The Nova Show, real estate records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories. But not only success stories, I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories. Everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Barola, Escrow Officer at Novation Title all right welcome to the nova show thank you you. i'm here with lisa street and kim Hendry. i want to thank you both for being here and also i want to thank you for all you do for me and we have been friends for a long time and i just love that we have that relationship and i want to be able to let other people know your story and hear what you're about So let's dive in. Let's dive. Yeah. (laughs) God got Got my swimming suit. (laughs) All right. So Lisa um, has been in the business for 35 years. She's an associate broker, a real estate coach. She loves interior design and is an amazing chef. Kim has been in the industry for 20 years. She's a mortgage loan officer. She's been a branch manager for five years and just recently she has gained a new title of division sales manager. She's also a mortgage coach and she is a dog lover I think like all of us are right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So Lisa tell me how you got started in the business. Well put your put your you know Coffee down and really pay attention, because it's so riveting this story. Um, I grew up in Southern California, and my father was a real estate broker in Southern California for years. I would open houses, I would see all the pretty things. I would, you know, watch how real estate unfolded. And as I grew up, and my parents were very big about, you know, what do you want your future to be? And writing it down and visualizing and all that kind of stuff. Um, I found myself having a desire to uh, have a degree in interior design, which I accomplished, to build a home and then to sell it. Because um, I I loved what he did and the joy that it brought other people. And so I, I decided to make that my goal in life is to be all those things. Well, I've accomplished some of it. Um, And I, of course, started at five since I've been in the business (laughs) 35 years. What can I
3: say?
2: Um, And so I had a desire to always, since I was very young, to be in this this part of the industry. So I went to school, got a degree in interior design, practiced that for a while in Los Angeles, um, freelanced out of the Mart down there. And then, of course, branched out, life happens, and you know, did all the things, sold furniture, but I still wanted this real estate part that I was missing. And so as I went down my path of interior design and working for furniture and designing for people and even having my own business um, and running a gift shop with interior design features, um, somebody came along and a good friend of mine, she said, hey, I'm gonna go to real estate school you want to come? I said, sure, why not? What the heck? It's something I've always wanted to accomplish. And so I did. I went and we went to Ogden to Stringham's when there was only like five people back in the eighties and um, we got a real estate license. And so I was running a store and doing real estate, decided that real estate was a little bit more lucrative, even though the highest price back then was eighty nine thousand. Oh my gosh, that's crazy to think about right now. <laughs> and those homes were three fifty to five hundred. Now is really crazy. So it stuck, and I went down a path of working for different real estate companies. And
3: ta-da,
1: right now <laughs> nice.
2: And what do you think? What do you? What would you say is your favorite part about real estate? Oh, there's so many parts. Um, I think one of my favorite is seeing people get their dream and being part of that and facilitating. And I am a junkie for negotiating. So I like, the, I like the fight. I like not necessarily the fight, but I like the negotiation, finding the win for all parties, not just my party that I'm representing. But, you know, when people don't think that they can get alone or they can't do something structuring it so that it happens. And you guys are part of the dream team of mine that allows it to do that. Because I I can trust what Kim does. I trust what you do with Tidal. We've got lots of war stories.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, so tying it all in, you know, we have worked together, but Kim, why don't you tell me how you got started in the industry and also what you, love about this industry
3: yes great so there's a big joke in mortgage that nobody grows up wanting to be a loan officer saying that's my dream we all kind of fall fall into this career in one way or another and I love actually hearing the stories of people and how they got into the industry um but for me I had um gone to college and graduated in marketing and um with a with like a a minor in finance and accounting and so i um i love numbers (laughs) but i love the creative side too of marketing and sales and so but then i was pregnant with my um oldest son after college and i didn't work for a while and um had two babies and realized okay you know it's hard having one household one income household and I wanted to, you know, find something that could be a flexible job, and I was looking. And I just, I went to a family reunion, and um, my husband's cousin's wife um, had just gotten into the mortgage business, and she started telling me about it at the family reunion. And I said, "Do you think I could do that?" She's like, "I don't know, maybe, oh, maybe." <laughs> maybe. maybe. I said, "Do you think you could give me an interview?" <laughs> And so she did, and it was really funny. I went to this company, I said, and he's like, well, you know, we don't really hire any people. And I said, hey, it's okay, I'm a quick learner. You know, you know Emily, and she she can help me. And he's like, oh, okay, well. And then he said, well, I don't really have a computer for you. And I said, oh, it's okay. Have a laptop, which was not true. (laughs) And he goes, Oh, you have yeah, your own laptop. I guess, you know, I guess that you can bring it and we'll get it plugged into our system. Like, okay. And then he said, And I don't really have a place for you to sit, except there's no offices available, but there's a desk just right outside of Sean's office. And I said, That works for me. I don't I, mind where I sit, it's perfectly fine. And he's like, Well, I, I guess you're hired. I guess start Monday. And I went, Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I went home, and I told my husband, I got the job. And he's like, I love that story. So I got the laptop. I went to work Monday. I learned. I I read every underwriting guideline. I didn't want to be a bother to anybody. Um, and so I just studied, and I studied, and I studied. And then I would pick multiple people to go ask questions to so that I wouldn't monopolize anybody's time. And um, I think the way I started that way, I think it just set a foundation for me of always wanting to know everything and I've, I've owned programs and pretty soon I was the one people were coming to ask questions too, because I did, I did the work, you know, I learned, I learned this job, but, um, but yeah, it was fun and it's been a crazy 20 years. Um, but I think what I love the most is I have a very, very strong Belief that people should own a home because I think it is number one the biggest wealth building tool for an average person, and also just the freedom it provides when you have a home Absolutely. and safety. It's I I get so much joy when we see our clients that get into a home. It's really rewarding for me.
1: So with that said, both of you have seen the market. You've seen it go up to the top and come back down. We're cut we've come back up, so in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, you were both in the market. yes, both in the industry, seeing what was happening. Um, why don't you tell us what you're doing now and how everybody can learn from that? like what is your what do you do on
2: a daily basis and things like that? I think the most important thing for me, and cultivating an environment that's safe for people to ask questions that they can come to us either him or myself or you um, about just hey, is this the right time is is the equity I have real. Um, if I have some current problems with my credit, what do I do where do we go just having that openness to be able to bring anything to us without any obligation. like you got to buy a house right now. Um, we want to be, and I'm speaking for all of us a little bit, that we want to be that resource that goes beyond just buying or selling a home. Is it a, is it a good time for my kids to step into the market? I've got some extra cash here. Can I help them? Um, mom just passed away. We've got an estate sale. How do we help people with that um, it's not as easy as just putting the house on the market, especially in the estate sale, depending on if there's a trust or a will, or it's got to go through probate. You know, we want to be that resource. And so you asked what I do on a daily is just touch base with, with past clients, people that they know that might just have questions about the market. It doesn't have to turn into a sale. And not be afraid, right? Right, right. now, people yes. I
1: feel like are afraid to buy, mm-hmm. and they're also afraid to sell. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> but, um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I um, I would tell people right now. I think the fear comes from, especially if they were witness to what happened in two thousand seven and two thousand eight or if they had, you know, um, you know, something happened with like a foreclosure or short sale, it's going to bring back those memories. But um, we were talking before that this market now, even though, you know, the media might want you to believe that it resembles what happened back during those years. Um, it's, we're in a totally different spot now than we were back then um, in the lending world. I mean, complete turnaround in the lending world as far as you know, what type of loans we were giving prior to the crash, and also what we how we document files now. It's a totally different ballgame. So, um, you know, that isn't a contributor to what's happening right now as far as there's good loans being made, people who can qualify. We're seeing so many people have equity in their, in their homes now. Um, I, I have a statistic that um, during the crash, equity was like at 16 or 17% on average. Um, Today, it's more like around 56, 58%. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's huge. So, you know, there's a lot more wiggle room if values were to come down. I don't foresee that. But if they did, there's equity there. People still are in a much better position than they were during those years. And also, you know, we had high, high um, amounts of inventory at that time. And now what we're seeing is extremely low inventory, both in new construction and existing. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, different world. It's totally a
2: different, different world, and it's it's exciting too because yes. again, we're problem solvers. <laughs> the three of us, we are we strive to solve the problems, but we still get to the end result that our clients are looking for, and that to me is what drives me. It yes. drives us. To find the best solution for whatever the the issue is, um, even low inventory, there's still homes to buy, and people can still sell. And the nice thing about our market right now is it's more normal. And I know that sounds crazy, but it really is more normal, where you're not overpaying mm-hmm. and trying to beat out somebody else's bid that's outrageous. And just to get into a home. Now you have time to, let's go look. What's the best solution? Let's get pre-qualified. Um, making sure that all the things line up for a really smooth transition into a home or out of a home. So that's always my goal. And I like this market better than the last two markets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, two years. two years. Yeah, the last so year's is crazy. With being in the industry for 35 years, let's just give people um, some history on the rates. What were rates? Do you remember? Yes. Um, when I started in the industry in 88, we were selling most things on contract, which means that we took the mortgage that was in place, usually it was an FHA at 13%. Wow. And we would wrap it. Wow. And so we did a lot of creative financing because rates were 15%. So at 10, 11, 12, even 13 allowed people to buy out somebody else's equity. And again, to put it into perspective, a high-end home was 120,000. You know, the medium price range was about 60 to 65,000. But we're still nowhere near to where we are now, right? That's
1: nowhere near to where we are now. So when people are complaining about rates or saying the rate's too high, I don't wanna buy a house, what would you say?
3: Well, I like to um, tell people that when I bought my first home, it was 10%. Oh and I was ex- so excited when we could refinance to 7%. Um, and that really, um, so my mom is a CPA and um, she said, she always has told me when, when rates were coming down and um, she's like, this isn't healthy. <laughs> she's like, a healthy economy, interest rates should be between six and 7%. And when you look at your experience of having 15% interest rates, even, you know, up to 18, right, they got really high. Um, really, even where we're at today, people are, I think it's just perspective, because we came out of such a low interest rate environment, that now it looks like, I mean, it doubled. But it could also be double that, right. you know, and so over history. So really, we're in a really great rate environment. And you know, as inflation falls and rates come down, um, you know we'll be back in it in at more normal range again too. So we'll never probably hit those low lows, which is fine. I don't think actually that that is a healthy place for our economy to be. So um, you know people will get used to it, and you can always refinance if you buy now at higher rates. When they come down, we will refinance you, and so right. that's an important remembrance that people don't keep their loans. Even the people who refinanced at these really low rates in the last couple of years, more than likely, something will change in their situation. Relocation, they'll need cash out to do remodel project, whatever reason. People, on average, stay in a mortgage loan three to five years. Now we'll probably tip closer to that five-year range if you really have that low interest rate. But something always happens in life and most people don't stay in their mortgage loans for that long so it's true yeah yeah
2: i wouldn't be in it for 35 years if nobody ever bought her it's always something when yeah, that happens like that. you know we're we're getting married we're divorcing people are unfortunately passing away there's um downsizing upsizing you had more kids There's always something going on in the market, no matter what. And that's the one constant I've seen in 35 years, is even in the highs and lows of our market, there still are needs, and that's where we come into play and we want to help. Yeah. And we're excited about it. Yes. Um in this changing market, what
1: do you think is your biggest challenge?
2: Um, getting people to understand, you know, not going so far in their head that they have all the answers versus challenging those thoughts and actually coming to an expert like myself or you or Kim to really get the facts because the media is not our friend. Sorry, media people, <laughs> we need you, but, but we, know don't it, <laughs> yeah. we don't. But don't make it worse than it is. Let's get the facts. Let's actually explore options if that's in your radar, and even if you just have a question about it. Um, So I think the biggest challenge is getting people to not be afraid to actually step forward and just ask questions.
1: And and that's what I love about you too. You are always looking for an option. If plan A doesn't work, let's try plan B, plan C, let's make it work. And I feel that that's important in this market. If people are wanting to buy a second home, if they're wanting to buy an investment property, it's all very doable, but you just have to find the way to do it, right? Right. And I think we need more people telling us.
2: Yes, you can. Right? Right. And here's here's your options. It's like a game show, you know, door number one, door number two, door number three. <laughs> Which one would you like? And let's let's move forward with it. You know, Kim and I worked on um some people a couple of years ago that had a home that had deteriorated and really needed a a facelift and they were thinking they were going to do it themselves. So they were going to go out and get a second mortgage and they were going to do all this work and take another year. And Kim and I came up with this idea that, Hey, let's sell it as is. It was when the flip market was so red hot um, and they had plenty of equity. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to do all this work themselves, take a year and miss that, that part of the market, um, they sold. We sold it immediately for cash. um, And then we were able to get them, you know, in a situation where they paid off debt and found a beautiful home that I've tried to get them out of. (laughs) And they are staying put. (laughs) But those types of scenarios, even just asking those questions, should we remodel or should we sell? And if we sell, what do we get? And does that allow us to capitalize on the market right now? And in addition, with just like with that client, working with a lender to know your options with lending. And what's the
3: most advantageous approach when you're selling too, of do you take all those proceeds and put it to your new home, Or do you pay off some debt? I mean, so that's what I like to be involved in too, is strategizing, um, not just how we get you to your next house, but let's put you in the best financial situation. Absolutely.
1: Right.
2: And make it, make it fun. It <laughs> you know, should be fun. Not a burden. Yeah. And a lot of times sweet. people feel that way. And it, it's it's not. It's And it's not a life sentence. If you find yourself in a situation where it's not making sense to have a home, you can always get out of it. And what, what were we saying the other day is, um marry the house, not the rate. Is that yeah,
3: other man, the house state the
2: rate? <laughs> and we try to make it fun. We try to make it a great experience. And every single loan or sale or purchase has its has its difficulties. Yes. And again, that's why I've partnered with the very, very best so that we get through those difficulties. So if it's title, we work through those. And Cindy and I have had some yes. Yeah, we've had some. That um, going to sell a home, and the the title is messed up. Three ways to Sunday, hmm. and we have multiple sellers.
1: They can't agree with each other. We've had a lot of you know, different things happen, right? Yeah, and and you also have those repeat clients. Both of you do that. They come back to you for business for. The, they bought a home 10 years ago. They want to buy a new one. They want to refinance. And and it's the same with uh, with both of you that you have those repeat clients that trust you. And I think I've told both of you that I just love your clients, clients because they do see the value in having a good real estate agent and having a, an amazing lender that can work together and get the job done.
3: Well, and I think because of the amount of time that we've um, been in the business, But also, Lisa and I have been working together for 17 years. Yes. We've all been working together for how many? Eight. Eight. Mm -hmm. And I think when you work with a team that has that kind of experience with one another and that trust for one another, it makes a huge difference for that client um, because they get the benefit of the way we work together and our years of experience in this industry. Um, And also, I think it kind of gives... um, they know we're here for the long haul. We, ha- we have had those clients that come back over and over.
2: Always honored. And it's,
3: yeah, me too. And it's, I had one, I have a client right now that I'm working with that he was one of my original, like one of the first clients I've ever worked with. And so I I was thinking about that. Like, how amazing is this that for 20 years I've been in this business and when that person comes back to me that long after I helped them, um, it's, it's it just is amazing. I love it. Yeah. I love our, we love our plans. We love our plans.
2: We really love them. I love we're the relationship that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we will mention you. And we you have know. some hard, hard ones, you right? Lots
1: we lots. have some hard ones.
3: But, but we got three. Yes. Next, That's the thing, is that the together end the end result, and we're in it to help problem solve, to help make home ownership possibility for everybody. And I think um, we're all committed and dedicated to that. And like Lisa said to finding the best option and that there are options and maybe it's going to take us a little bit of time, you know, maybe we have to put together a plan. And I've had clients that it's taken a couple of years to get credit cleaned up or you know whatever, but I think we're all committed to that um, level of relationships that we it, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take and we're always going to be looking out for the best interests. And that's an important aspect too, right? I I trust that you do it and I trust that you do that as well. And so vice versa, amongst the three of us, we really have a great partnership for sure. Yeah, I love it. You both are coaches.
1: Lisa, you're a real estate coach, Kim, you're a mortgage coach. What do you feel um, the industry is missing or what advice
2: can you give to new agents or loan officers? Wow, Um, I've been coaching for a couple of years now, and it's something that I really believe in because when you get out there and teach or coach or represent um, an idea or how can I help somebody else get through their stuff, it's about asking empowering questions, um, getting into where their mindset is, what's going on, what's stopping them, And then digging deeper to find the solutions and hold them accountable for what they say they want to accomplish. And so I think the people I've coached over the last few years, um, it's a mental thing. It's usually mental. Um, They've gone in their head by themselves. They should have taken somebody with them (laughs) to pull them out. Go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Because we all have that. And we all have to have people that can help us through that. And I think in coaching, is what I love about it is seeing people just have the small wins. And from week to week, once we, you know, get through with our coaching, having a new assignment, a new thing, and then the progress starts happening. And they don't even realize it until a year later, you know, I pointed out, hey, look how far you've come by just dealing with the small things each week and accomplishing it. So I like markers. I like to make sure people know that they're acknowledged, recognized and that they matter. They really, really matter. Whether they're a loan officer or they're a new agent, a seasoned agent, they get stinking thinking too. Um, just getting out of their own way and knowing that they they bring value to what they do.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: What
2: do you do? Like what, what, what would you say?
1: To a new loan officer?
3: Advice to a new
1: loan, new loan officer, yeah.
3: So advice to a new loan officer is that I would say, get a coach and get a mentor. Um, it's it's a difficult business to start in because um, things have changed so much since I even got started 20 years ago. Um, and there's so much you know, regulation and the underwriting guidelines and everything. And then also it's just, it can be a challenge um, finding referral partners and getting a good team behind you. and and building and growing. And so I really think new loan officers, people who want to get into this business, they should start at a level of maybe as an assistant on a team or even, you know, getting into um, more of an administrative side to start and learn the business, learn the terminology, learn what happens in that process, and then, you know, move up from there. Um, But if they want to get started right away as a loan officer, you know, just, Getting someone who can mentor you that you can go to to ask questions and um, and get some advice, but also to like Lisa said, to stay in a in a good mindset mm-hmm. because um, it's challenging. And I mean, sales in general is challenging, but then you add the component of a stressful situation such as buying a home for people. Right. Then you know it can be a challenge. But um, having a good mentor, getting a coach, getting into a program that can assist. Can support you is great. Um, finding a good branch manager and leadership because that's huge as well. Is who do you work for? You know, having a good leader, um, can make or break a loan officer, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then as far as coaching goes too, is I really think that it's the same thing as Lisa said with just keeping your mindset healthy, and where I find success is kind of focusing on personal development and growth as well. Because I think um, success comes from the inside out. And so when you focus on growing and building who you are as a person as well, then I think that catapults your business to a whole yeah. new level.
2: When you become more yeah. yourself, you can be more for others. Yes. I love that, yeah. And then also remembering, I think the one piece of advice I'd give
3: to any loss or not just a new one, but also remembering that the more you give, the more you get. And the thing is, is that it's not about the getting, it's about the giving, but it always is reciprocal, right? So if you focus on how can I serve somebody today instead of how can I find a new sale, then your business will grow.
1: So true, so true. Um, Kim, what
3: are three activities
1: that have contributed to your growth?
3: So like I said, I'm a big proponent of, personal development and growth. Um, and so for me, learning is essential. I'm constantly learning. And you even have a coach, right? Oh, of course, yes. And how long have you have you
1: been doing that? And how do you feel like that has helped?
3: Yeah. So it's funny because I've been doing this for 20 years, but I have, and I've been in some coaching programs, but as far as like, you know, really kind of individualized coaching, I've only done that for the last four years. And um, it's made a huge difference for me. Um, I think it's an essential piece of a successful business. Um, But also, you know, learning just in general. So being coached, but focusing on, you know, learning something new every single day. That's my goal. And um, I love, I'm not a great reader, but I love Audible. (laughs) And I love podcasts. (laughs) And so, you know, focusing on that being a part of my day. And then um, recently also doing a lot of meditation because we are in stressful industry and jobs. We, you know, I, and I tend to have an anxious personality. I get really anxious. And so meditation has helped me calm myself, stay in a more peaceful place and less reactive. And um, I think it, when you can be in that type of place you make decisions better you write business better. You focus on long-term things instead of a short-term in-the-moment problem. Okay.
2: Yes. Yeah. Not so being, that- not being mm-hmm. attached to the outcome. Yes. Because when you release that part of our industry um, and just focus on what Kim was saying, just how can I help today? I think that is how we all stayed in the business so long. Yes, there's the you know, the things you've got to do to get the, the deal done or whatever, but it's that bigger picture of not being attached to it for other people makes you able to make, help them make better decisions. Instead of, I need a deal, I need a deal. Yeah,
3: and I think also staying out of fear um, it's easy to get into a fearful place, and one of the things that I've tried to do that I think is an activity that has helped me grow is doing things that I'm afraid to do, so um, my coach says, feel the fear, but do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can feel the fear, and but then do it because usually something that sparks fear is actually something that's going to make you grow and will change your business. And a lot of people just aren't willing to do that. If they get scared, they just back away. But doing the things
2: that make you scared,
3: that's what I, really
2: think. Like <laughs> I don't like to do scary things. <laughs> But we need to, right? We need and, to, and I we listen to. We, need to. we need to. I listened to a podcast the other day about courage and um, you know having courage to do things to your point that we normally wouldn't gives us that affirmation that we can do hard things. And as female entrepreneurs, <laughs> we have to do that, especially yes. in our society. We've got to be able to, have, you know, bust through those barriers and help others to do that too. Yeah,
3: I agree.
1: And I love that that we I mean we do have that and that I um have been with you guys <laughs> and been able to actually see all of your fruitions as well. And so thank and you.
2: yours. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, can we ask any questions <laughs> then? Oh that's not on the work. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, nope.
1: No. Um well I want to thank you for being with us today.
2: Um, how can people follow you on social? So I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa or whatever. Um, and my email is Lisa at Lisa So easy peasy lemon squeezy. And follow me for goopy stuff <laughs> and <laughs> inappropriate sometimes. <laughs> but he it's likely? Right?
3: Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at the Kim Hendry team. Um, also Kimberly Fleischer Hendry is my personal Facebook. Um, and you can email me at khendry at thefund.com. And yeah, love to see you on Instagram. I think Instagram is probably one of the best ways to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you both for being
1: here. I really thank appreciate it. so oh, Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.